Welcome to the Destinate NZ Show. I'm Michelle. And I'm Chambers. And I'm Adam. And today we're talking about automating the customer experience. Well, listeners, welcome back. Hope you had a great Waitangi weekend. And today you probably noticed that there was another voice in our intro. We do have a very special guest in the studio with Chambers down in Mount Cook today. So we're just going to get straight into the show and cut the small talk. Does that sound good, Chambers? Perfect. Yeah, let's do it. We're joined today by Adam Joyce, CEO of InFlight NZ, and of course, my boss, So, who is here to talk and discuss customer automation, the benefits and the flaws. Kia ora, Adam, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, kia ora, Adam, and thanks for joining us. I was really keen to get you onto the show as there's been some great research come out over the past year or so that talks about the changing trends that we're starting to see in consumer behaviour with regards to their expectation of businesses. And one of those big trends is that consumers want speed, which means that businesses are being forced to adapt to a digital first mindset to deliver it. And it's my understanding from talking to Chambers that you've been making some changes as a team in this space. So can you describe a little bit about the journey that you've gone through to fully automating the customer experience and what prompted that change in your business? It's been quite an interesting journey, to be honest, and one we've been on for probably the last at least four years. Mm -hmm. Um, Right back in the beginning, we were really focused on trying to bring our aviation-related experiences to uh, a real-time bookable solution online. Um, What we were offering was a little bit more complex in in some aspects of our business around the scheduling, different product times, the way we were selling our schedules. So mm-hmm. it wasn't an off-the-shelf solution that you could use, let's say, for a, a bus tour company or whitewater rafting or, or something like that. It, it was a little bit more complex. And I think the, the key shift we had to make was changing the way we did our scheduling from being very dynamic uh, and always finding a way to change or fit something into someone's schedule to a more structured approach where we had time slots, we had capacities by time slots. Uh, We very much matched our resources to those criteria. And and then the shift in the business around making sure that you were representing those availabilities in real time so that if someone booked online, it was actually able to be delivered. It was further complexed by our minimum number requirements, so very hard to operate uh, a helicopter with one or two people in it. You go backwards mm. at a great rate of knots. <laughs> um, and so how do you get that first booking, which might be one or two people, and have the confidence that you're then going to be able to fill that particular time slot a little bit further down the track, possibly closer to the flight? How do you make sure that the terms and conditions are easily accessible, that people understand them when they're booking and all all of these complexities. So yeah, it started a a long time ago now and we've been through two booking systems to get there. And obviously the booking system only being one aspect of that whole customer journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, 10 years and I can say we haven't got it nailed yet. No, but we're getting there. Yeah. 
And so, Adam, I guess from my perspective and talking about that, when you talked about the customer automation, that, yeah, the booking part is only one part. We have quite a few different systems around that whole booking aspect. So could you just give our listeners a bit of an update on the different platforms we use and how they all work together? So you're right, that that booking system is kind of the, the core of, I guess, everything that hangs around the edge. So as soon as you're dealing with your customers more online, you then need different pieces of software to better manage their experience and communicate with them how you want them to book and engage with your business. So such as services, we've been through a few different iterations of that. Um, CRMs to control that data as it came in. Again, we've been through a few iterations there. And also the sort of ticketing and resourcing of inquiries behind the scenes as well. So moving from an email inquiry into an inbox, it can very easily be deleted, not answered, put into a folder, mm. missed to a some sort of system that better tracks that, better, better tracks response times, holds conversations in, a, in an easy to read and manage chain so that as you've got reservation stuff coming on days on days off they can pick up that string so yeah quite quite a number of different I guess aspects and then on the tail end of that we've got the the feedback and the follow-up kind of absolutely yeah yeah, and we've been through a couple of iterations on that too (laughs) it's a story of of certainly been that the software space in this area is very fast moving you have one company which is well ahead not so long after you know you've got a better offering out there and I think it's without being silly not being afraid to move when there is a better solution there is a fair disruption to to moving and never underestimate the easy rollout that a software company will um, sell you (laughs) yes yeah absolutely I've been through some of those myself (laughs) a seamless migration you're Mm. right So what kind of goals do you set for customer experience in your business? So I'm pretty tough on that. And I think everyone in the business kind of shares our sentiment around it. But we believe that the products we offer being um, more expensive, high-end luxury, if you like, in many respects, once-in-a-lifetime opportunities and spends for people that we should be offering a, a 10 out of 10 service product experience all the time. Well, if we if we look at our Mount Cook um, ski plane product, going up into that glacier is just, you know, the environment is bringing it every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not raining. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's bringing it to a game all the time. We should be as well. Same on the skydive, you know, each one of our three locations, spectacular scenery, some of the best in New Zealand. Again, we've got to be bringing our own game. If you look at our Auckland Halitrans business, exactly the same, whether it's Waiheke, Halifishing, you name it. So we really pride ourselves on, on um, the MPS scores that we get. Most of our bases consistently operate at above 90. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good, yep. Um, which is really good. And, you know, we, we take it personally if we, if we get a score. <laughs> we, we really do. And, but... In all seriousness, we delve into it. Did we have the description of the product right? Why haven't we met this person's expectation? Where have we fallen down? What can we change? And there's no doubt that it's not always us. You you certainly get, we've had our fair share of people that are just after refunds. But then there's also a whole raft of genuine pieces of feedback that you can get into your business and improve 
how mm. you do things, how you represent your products. Uh, and often it's just small, really, really small tweaks. Mm. Okay. I mean, I know the answer to this, but for our listeners, how do you think it's helping with productivity, with sales and customer service when in amongst our teams? It can really help and it can hinder. So <laughs> as long as you get the system right, you communicate how to use it, you don't make changes that aren't communicated, it really does help the efficiency. If you get that rollout of that delivery wrong, it can cause absolute chaos and, and really makes mm -hmm. it super unproductive. But we talked about the ticketing system, for example, being able to quickly pick up the string of a conversation from someone who's been on days off. That's a great productivity increaser. Being yeah. able to send, let's say, discount promotions and the purchase of tickets straight to online, minimizing questions phone call questions which they all take up time so yeah i think having that whole journey that customer journey the online presence right and nailed lets you gives you gives your staff more time to deal with the customer when they turn up at site you know walk them through the process be really greeting they're not answering 20 phone calls in that same space so mm. I, I think it gives us the opportunity to be more present when the customer is with us mm. yeah okay that's interesting and that leads in quite nicely to um, my next question around the fact that you want your automated experiences that you deliver to reflect what you're about as a business and you want that to be different from your competitors you want it to be unique to the customers that choose your business so how do you go about deciding where to make changes to improve A, the customer experience and B, differentiate yourself from your competitors? A few things. So first and foremost is that feedback loop. So we're always seeking both direct feedback, feedback through our NPS system, trying to, trying to look at trends, work out what's resonating, what are higher ranking products versus, let's say, lower ranking and then really putting the focus and amendments behind those ones that are resonating. But then also just, I guess, call them focus groups or getting everybody together in the business and brainstorming. We do chuck a lot out there. We're not afraid to try new things, try new products, just give it a crack and see if it sticks and, and resonates. And I think that continual iteration is, is pretty key. And you get into periods in the business where you, you lose that, you sort of, you know, you get stuck in the day to day and you don't come up with a new product or try, try iterating, but it is pretty important to get back to that core. Mm. 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 Cool. When it comes to deciding on platforms, Adam, is it always best to drill it down to cost or how do you make a decision on which platform you'll go with in a certain area? So what is a trade-off? I've got many examples of, of looking at the Rolls-Royce program of its particular sector and, and just the eye-watering costs that it, that it comes with. And then looking at the lower end one that's trying to do it all, but it's, it's, but it's not there and it might be one-tenth the cost. Mm -hmm. Largely, they can be little golden nuggets a lot of the time, those those. Mm -hmm those newer players to the market that you get get in with them at the right point you can get a good deal at the same time it's pretty hard to justify some of those high price services mm -hmm. yeah. really yeah. justify because a lot of the time the devil's in the detail like will you actually get all of this function out that they're selling you and mm. more often than not i think it's you might only get 50 percent of what they're really selling you in, in real benefit and there's no science behind that it's just a um for the that i've sort of plucked out but it sits somewhere in the middle. And I think we've certainly 
gone at both ends, but most of the systems we're using now sit somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's an interesting one because I've been involved in a few sort of similar software systems and and decision making that you have to go through in that sense. And I think it's always good when you can find somebody who shares your vision and you can jump on board with them, as you say, at early stages where they're almost keen to work with you to develop Mm -hmm. some of those new features and you become the case study, if you like, because you've had these great ideas or great feedback from your customers. And have you worked with anybody in that space doing traveling stuff? We've we've had wins and losses going that way too, you know, sometimes Mm. working in your favor and then other times not. If you've got a company that's really wanting to invest in a, in a, let's say a new space or in their technology, they can promise the world. Um, And once you start going on that journey, the delivery really becomes, Mm. becomes difficult. So we've had to cut ties couple of times now because they haven't met those delivery kind of hurdles but then been impressed with a couple of others that we have jumped on with early that have just continued developing Mm. Mm. cool and the the companies that you're working with are a lot of them specializing in tourism or in aviation or are you going outside of our traditional industries to find this technology Mainstream operational and booking is all industry related, mm-hmm. be it aviation or tourism. A CRM yep. is pretty generic. Mm, yep. yep. Mm, cool. How do you collect NPS scores in your business? We have an expensive intermediary at the moment, which links two of our systems together. All of our uh, NPS now is linked. Mm-hmm. So 24 hours after the trip is gone, they get just a one to 10 survey. Thanks yep. for coming with us. How likely would you be, be to recommend? Mm. Yeah, cool. And you obviously use that for your decision-making. What sort of reports and analysis of that data do you do? Does it do it for you automatically or do you have somebody that's engaged in this space? I think the key with, with these MPS um, softwares is to have a good set of just standard reports in there so you don't have to go... You can pull up the dashboard for Mount Cook ski planes and it, it tells you straight away what your NPS score is, what the top top reviews are, and then a couple of detractors if you have them. But equally that real-time email. So if something comes through that's negative or um, neutral, then you can deal with it straight away. And uh, yeah. those just key simple factors are the, what you're looking for in a good NPS system. One thing I was just going to say is in flight here is everybody has access to that information. So whether it be the person that actually assisted at the front of house when they first checked in can see that feedback. Mm-hmm. And it's great because when the, if there was a neutral or a detractor in there, then they are normally the first ones to come back with, oh, that's really interesting because this and this happened on that day. And so we've got that feedback pretty much straight away. Or if they don't come to us about it, then we can go to them and ask if they remember the client and what happened and why that might be. And you can really delve into why they've given you that detractor or that neutral. Yeah, yeah. Certainly no secrets. It's not like any management have access to it. It's, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. But okay. I think that's a really good point that you've raised just in terms of being able to respond to those detractor scores or neutral scores to get a little bit more feedback? Because if somebody's given you a two, the last thing you want to do is just allocate that to your score and say, oh, we only got 85 
this time. Mm-hmm. You want to know what happened on that day and see if there is an underlying issue there, or is it just somebody had a bad day or whatever. But it's and I think you can win a lot of points with customers by reaching out to them after that and saying, hey, we'd love to hear how we could do better next time. So it's great that you've got that system in place. And that's where it has to be the personal touch, right? So especially detractor, it's picking up the phone. Yeah. Give give them a call. Some of them might answer, like especially detractors, they'll they'll recognize the number and then don't want to speak to you because they've done their piece. Yeah. It's really trying hard to, to get hold of them. Don't set up an automatic email that goes back to them. Oh, we're sorry to... You've given us one and yep. we've taken back on board. I mean, that's hopeless, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, as well, I've never done you know, it. Thanks for your feedback. That's really, I've looked into this. I'm talking to the team, Lisa, GM, or Adam, CEO, or, you know, so they, mm. they, it's, got, it's got to be genuine. Otherwise, there's no point. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think, I, yeah, there's a genuine desire there, I think, from most people who give feedback that they want to know that it's making a difference in some small way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, some want to complain, but <laughs> I think a lot of people do like to know that their feedback has got to the right person and that you have listened and there might not be anything you can do to change it, but you've been able to listen to them and hear them out. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what I was just going to say. You've heard them and that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Have you done any work using AI to predict customer needs and be able to delight them sort of at, at scale? You talked um, about your live chat and that kind of stuff. Is there anything yes, that you're doing in that space? They're doing some work. That company is doing some work around this at the moment. We're sort of, we've been playing with the beta a little bit, but no, it's certainly mm-hmm. something I'm watching pretty closely, but I don't think there's really anything. Chatbots are still a touch average, I think. Yeah. Um, It'll come, it'll come fast uh, across mm. a number of facets of what we do. It's um, quite, chatbots are quite interesting because the amount of people that expect them to be talking to a robot, whereas when actually mm. the majority of our chatbots are on our work phones, so they are actually right. talking yep. to a live person, but yep. the expectation is that they are talking to a robot and it's set answers that on, and on our occasion, it's not. But that, of course, takes time and you've got to be onto it. And, of course, they can be at different times throughout the day. So Yeah, yeah so. totally. Do you ever find when you're talking to a chatbot yourself, it, it's exactly that. You're thinking it's a robot. So you sort of start speaking in very <laughs> simple English. And then when you realise it's a real person, you actually start to converse with them. Yeah, because you look <laughs> like just me. <laughs> like oh now I sound like the idiot no. <laughs> and I was treating you like you're the idiot yeah <laughs> and so what Adam um, I'm keen to hear the answer to this one actually if you had one platform that we use which one would be your favorite do you think I mean Fair Harbor is so integral to our business it's mm-hmm. not funny and mm-hmm. if we think about the journey that we took to get there mm-hmm. and I know when we opted to go with Fair Harbor, we were one of the first, if not the first, I think, in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. We'd come off the back of a pretty bad experience, but there were a, a number of very close kind of competitors at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have they've grown exponentially, but I think that's been a smart choice. I mean, it's driven so much of our efficiency from there out, and they've been pretty good to us in respect of changing and scalability. So I think without that, it'd be a different different story. But Yonder is extremely good as well, mm-hmm. albeit that a lot of that 
is focused around this NPS concept. Mm -hmm. um, so, so definitely looking after the two ends, aren't they? The, the start yeah. of the journey is, is what they're focusing on and then the yeah. end of the journey as well and trying to tie those in. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty slow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And if you had one wish for a future platform that really took your customer experience to the next level, what would that be? If you want to tell us, might be someone listening who can deliver it. Yeah. One, one of the probably the key challenges we have is tying everything together. And that's only going to become more of an issue as the proliferation of kind of very specific services ever grows is an easy way to be able to tie all of that together, report on it, look at really in detail how customers are interacting with our, with our site. And I know some CRMs are starting to do it and you can kind of follow people, people through their journey, but it, it, I just don't feel like there's anything there that really does, does tie that all mm. together, both from a reporting perspective, looking at a specific person journey as an example um, across mm -hmm. multiple platforms so it's almost like a dashboard reporting type tool that can bring bring together a number of these different platforms yeah i agree that would be awesome yeah that pretty much wraps it up doesn't it michelle and apart from our quick fire yeah how do you feel about a quick fire adam i've got a few um questions here for you we'll just test you out and see what you think so just whatever comes into your mind first up Kick us off, Chambers. Okay, so North or South Island? South Island. <laughs> I did not expect that. We're finally going to get a North Island vote. Uh, <laughs> your face. Oh, okay. Helicopter or ski plane? Plane. Mountains or ocean? Ocean. Indian or Chinese food, I'm assuming? <laughs> Either. Chinese. Chinese. Uh, gin or bourbon? Gin at the moment. Ooh. Mm. What's your favourite holiday spot in New Zealand? Good question. Good question. Well, I recently did a did, had a holiday at Lake Rotoiti, um, and that was pretty bloody cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. that's a nice spot. Up there. <laughs> yeah. And favourite holiday spot in the world? Hawaii. Mm. Yeah, you have said that before. And what's your one wish for 2022? Quarantine free travel. Yay! <laughs> I, I think that's going to be a very consistent one that comes through with all of our guests over the next wee while now that we finally have a date, but mm -hmm. not well, really a date. Close, close. We have a promise. Yes. Yes, well, there's a date. It's just not quarantine free. So I'm not sure that it's going to mean much, considering yeah. now that from next week, everybody can arrive in Australia yeah. with no quarantine. Mm. But anyway, catch up, don't we? Yeah, it's a big week. But anyway, Adam, thank you so much for joining us. That was really interesting to chat to you about the journey that you guys have been on in that customer experience automation space and I know you've probably got some big plans in behind it to continue that journey and continue the improvements that you've made there so well done congratulations and thanks for joining us no worries thanks for having me yeah thanks Bye, Kate. Bye, Kate.